Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fire. Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Facebook, at In the 608. Well, hi there. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And we welcome you to the wrap-up of Real Estate in the 608 for 2021. We made it to December yet again, Ben. Saison tres. Yeah, that's right. You want, As one would say, in, was that Spanish or Italian? I'm not sure. I think that was French. Saison. Saison. Saison trois. Trois. Yeah, there you go. Garbled Latin love languages oh. tend to be my specialty. Well, I think we can add a couple taglines to Real Estate in the 608 this time around. We can now say 10,000 streams on SoundCloud. 10,000 streams. Thank you, the listener, for that. And I think we can also maybe say Madison's longest running podcast. I'm going to say Madison's longest running, continuously running. Continuously running podcast. Sure. Just keep adding qualifiers (laughs) like they do at the Oscars. (laughs) Or like this can be a Monday night football stat. (laughs) Well, uh, those are two impressive stats to me. Longest running podcast on a Monday night with the barometric pressure rising. And the sun's setting before 4.45. My name, again, is Adam. I'm a homeowner, a teacher. I do. I practice user experience. Uh, also used to be on the radio in Madison. Used to be on the radio. Used to. But you kind of are now, 10,000 times. And so I'm watching the new series of Dexter. Do you know the Showtime series Dexter? Are yeah. you aware of this yeah, one? I've, so I've, yeah. they rebooted it after like 10 years. And they came back and a podcaster plays a role on it. And they draw this distinct line. They say, I am not on radio. <laughs> I am a podcaster. There are different things. I would say they're pretty much the same. They're pretty close. It sounds the same to me. <laughs> sure does. I, I'm Ben Anton. I'm a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group and a landlord. Going to treat this episode just slightly differently. There will be a guest in. We're just going to go over some of the fun things that we learned in 2021. A little bit of a year in review, perhaps. There might be a countdown list. There might be some odd news stories that we talked about. Arbitrary ringing of the bell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess an angel gets its wings right there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ben. So what's been going on since last time? Later on, we'll conspire. Since last time, this fourth quarter has been a season of buying and and project accumulation. You know, when you spend a good amount of your time and energy looking for deals mm-hmm. and, and finding deals that aren't ready, but you're always nudging, you're always just pushing rocks up the hill is what I, I often say. A lot of times they're all moving at different speeds and at, at whatever comfort level of the, the, not the opposing team, but the sellers or the, mm-hmm. the people on the other side. So all of a sudden, we had all these opportunities that fell and happened at the same exact time. We've talked about uh, Rhonda and I and Deacon Housing Mm -hmm. having purchased uh, two properties in the last few months. Uh, By the time this podcast is heard by anyone else, I will have kind of pulled a little monopoly move here on Main Street that I can update uh, everyone I'll be comfortable ev- updating everyone on uh, as as news, uh, good news in January 2022. Oh, um, okay. 
Is this because you're now rich uncle money bags in Monopoly or no? <laughs> We're no, talking I mean, about something different here. Am I, I don't know. Did I buy Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue or one of those dirty coal powered You, you got to lock down the railroads is the strategy. <laughs> Let's see. And then, so, but yeah, Rhonda and I have been, have been busy emptying the houses we bought where, you know, we, we oh. do, we do a lot of other things. Uh, but I spent the last month like hauling garbage. I, I have gotten to be like a, a nod and smile basis with the guy at the at the, on the, the city waste station on yeah. Sycamore. And we've and we went to the scrapyard a couple times. Uh-huh. All told there was like hundred and seventy like almost two hundred and seventy dollars worth of scrap metal. That's uh-huh. that's like a couple tons. Oh. So yeah, there's been a lot of straight up profit. <laughs> we saved that money for the flat tires that you get. Exactly. Mine has been a little more social. Nothing necessarily involved in real estate, but something maybe other people are practicing. I went to the first restaurant and sat down in a restaurant for the first time in maybe year and a half, two years now. Ooh. I know. I also went at three in the afternoon, so no one was in the restaurant. I feel like some people are getting a little more comfortable dipping their toes in the water to practice some of these things. They're, we're vaccinated now. I feel comfortable in the Madison community, of course, because I know what our vaccination rates are. So doing some of those social activities. And I don't know if this applies in the real estate realm when you're showing houses or, or being close to people. It's like there's a, a little more level of comfort in that space. I know that's getting closer there for me. Well, we the rules are in, when showing houses that we wear masks inside. Yeah. And that's when we go into a house we're looking at. And it's certainly the, you know, the rules at the at the office and when we have meetings and once it got cold, there's no more meeting outside. Right. Um, but I would say that there's, that people are less, it's just, it's become the norm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and who knows how long that will be the norm. I know. It's true. All right. So that's what's been going on since last time. Let's talk about what's going on from the headlines. Headlines, locally produced real estate podcast wraps its third year of recording. Are you talking about us? I'm talking about us. <laughs> that is great. I think it's noteworthy to say... 10,000. As I just came over here, I said to my partner, Liz, well, we've been doing this for three years. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still only mostly decent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there should have been like an incremental improvement going on somewhere there, there. We are on quite a growth trajectory. Oh, that's, that's in looking, true. In looking at the graphs... <laughs> We are on quite a growth trajectory. It's tracking our analytics. That's the 10,000 streams that we've had. Yeah, well over 10,000. I should say it's not only on SoundCloud because we distribute across many platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and, uh, you know. Google. Yeah, a variety of things. They just all accumulate in a number in SoundCloud for us. So that's how we It's like a bucket, kind of. It's like a bucket of our podcasts. Yep. Thanks once again to uh, (laughs) you folks for helping make that happen. On a, on a slightly less jubilant note, um, there was another national news headline regarding an African-American homeowners uh, seeing bias in their appraisal. In the appraisal part. So right. this is when they're getting their house to see how much the value is. To determine is. a valuation. Mm-hmm. Okay. A California couple uh, dissatisfied with the appraised value of their home after significant updating. So they, they had done all kinds of work, mm-hmm. spent all kinds of money, and then wanted to see the, the after... Fixed up the house, After repair value. Mm-hmm. Um, they were dissatisfied. So what they did is they took out, they, they whitified, I believe is the word they used, if mm-hmm. that, but they took out all the evidence of, of their blackness and in the, in the art on the walls and the pictures on the walls mm-hmm. and, and just made it a, a carte blanche yeah, blank or, slate. or yeah. blanco, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, 
And they, the second appraisal came in for $400,000 higher. So these are obviously very expensive homes. They also had, had one of their white friends stand in and act as the homeowner mm-hmm. for the appraiser to arrive, be greeted, let in, do their work. So first question, does that ever happen? A 400000 difference between one appraisal and another appraisal? Or is that well, just like out of the ballpark crazy? Let's imagine a 20% because... I don't deal enough in million-dollar houses to know if... But let's imagine a 20% difference on an average home in Madison. That'd be 60 grand. That's a pretty big spread. That's a pretty big spread. It doesn't happen, which makes us think that there was bias definitely involved in this. Yeah. Chances of it happening are very slim. I've I've seen some appraisals come in low Mm -hmm. and be reordered, and and then a correction of... But never, never more than sixty thousand dollars. Not that no. much. Okay, that's that's that ain't something ain't right. And if I'm not mistaken, this is not the first time that we've talked about no, this. No, if you if you're curious about it, this one happened to be in California and was in the last few months. But this this has been an ongoing story with very similar, you know, time or not time, but similar process. Mm-hmm. Dissatisfied with an appraisal, usually after a re- it's. Usually after a repair or update, mm-hmm. and then taking out all the evidence of blackness, and then the seeing a, goes and up. then seeing a better a better value on the backside. Is this a dig on the appraiser, like the person that's coming into it, or is there something more systemic here? Do you think? And it's not a dig. Is this a problem with an appraiser? Is this a person problem? I would think that it. That it's a person problem. Yeah. But people in real estate who are not being proactive as it relates to things like this Mm -hmm. or are not acknowledging the systemic issues that led up to their education and perhaps their unrealized biases, I think think you need to really step back and, you know, check yourself. And so I think... Today, it should be a person problem because we should be aware of the systemic issues that have mm-hmm. gotten us thus far, and we should be checking ourselves and making sure we're not being yeah. unduly influenced. Yeah, and I mean, if we had noted, this is how racism ugly, uh, rears its ugly head in a systemic way. This right. is a great example of that right there. We uh, we talked last month with Tiffany Malone uh, talking about building black wealth. Mm-hmm. Well, here is a way that a black family was being robbed of the wealth they were fortunate enough to build. Mm -hmm. That is truly unfortunate and should not be happening. We've talked about real estate items in the news, but let's talk about some oddball real estate (laughs) related. And some of these will be tangential to real estate, (laughs) but this is going to, this is putting me back in my news seat. Then you should deliver this in your best Radio voice. Okay, which is just my normal voice, by the way. (laughs) But (laughs) we'll start these off here as some oddball real estate news stories from 2021. Dateline Chicago. A man who is discovered after living at O'Hare International Airport for three months without detection has been cleared of any criminal charges. The 37-year-old man came to the United States nearly six years ago to complete a master's degree program. He boarded a plane uh, bound for Chicago from L.A. in October 2020. He began 
to journey home to his native India, but he never made it. Prosecutors say that the coronavirus pandemic left him too afraid to fly, so he instead just stayed at the airport, uh, often relying on the kindness of strangers to give him food and such. (laughs) The arrest made national headlines, and if this sounds like a movie, it was a movie. It's Tom Hanks, The Terminal, that came out in 2004. Four, I believe it was. <laughs> Can you believe it, though? I mean, I get it. I, I We talked a lot about rising home prices. <laughs> and this guy has found a workaround. Just stay at the airport for a couple days. <laughs> it has all the things. You can list list in his uh, in his, the amenities of his, his home, you know, adjacent the food court. <laughs> right. Minute, just, just minutes walk to the Skyway That's... or smoking platform. Right. Plentiful views. <laughs> lots of glass windows to see out. There <laughs> are wi- windows on three sides of the home creating a... <laughs> I couldn't handle more than a couple hours. I don't... <laughs> I'd I'd have dared the plane. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna risk it. Run it, for it because this is unpleasant here. All right, our next story: uh, Dateline, Poolsville, Maryland, the state of Maryland. Home was accidentally burned to the ground by an owner trying to get rid of a snake infestation. The homeowner outside of Washington D.C. was attempting to use smoke to purge the snakes from his house. In the process, the homeowner caught the house on fire, causing about a million dollars in damage. The fire was caused by placing coals too close to combustible materials. It was ruled as accidental. Nobody actually hurt. Officials say the well-being of the snakes, though, is undetermined at this point. <laughs> and really, this guy just needed to learn how to play the pan flute. Smoke inside the house. That's almost as good as like the person who uses gas to clean the floor near their water heater. That has combustibles, that's (laughs) same thing. All right, and last story. You can prove whether this is true or not. Uh, Dateline Washington. Turns out many home shoppers don't want your cookies. According to a recent study from Washington State University, complex scents like potpourri and cookies can backfire for open houses. The research notes that shoppers spend 32% more in stores with a simple orange scent rather than stores that used a mixture of scents. Another trick they say in the study is to use the same scent at every open house so return viewers can create a connection with a scent. (laughs) So it wasn't so much, it sounds like it wasn't so much that the open house and using citrus, but it was in retail situations if you well, use a fresh Should I citrus. be serving, you know, fresh squeezed orange juice <laughs> right. in lieu of cookies? You know, because who wants to touch... You talk about... You just went to a restaurant. Who, yeah. wants, who wants to who touch wants to the touch cookie plate? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I put my open house signs in the garage, and I, I've only had a couple this year because it wasn't, it wasn't cool, right? Yeah. It's not cool, dude. Um, but no, I... And I've done cookies. I've done the whole, like... And? Any, to, to any effect... Well, I I think people will eat. I, that was pre-pandemic. People yeah. ate cookies. I don't. I want to touch your cookie yeah. plate. Serious? <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Didn't we have a talk about like a, a mint bowl or something like that? Like those oh. don't hear those things yeah. anymore. All right. Those are some oddball real estate news stories from 2021. We hope you enjoyed those. Let's recap the highs and lows of 2021. Faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more. 
the years we are. We, we talk each month about the highest and the lowest sales in Dane County. Generally, we, uh, we talk about single family inside the county. Um, so the lowest price sale of the year was it was 113 State Street in Mesa, Mania. It was a two-bedroom, one-bath, almost 1,200-square-foot home. It was a bank foreclosure, and it closed back in mid-February after 130 days on the market. You may recall, I doubt you do, I did not myself. Mm-hmm. But it had been gutted to the studs, and had, and everything had been, like, whitewashed. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, the, it was the like, whitewash story. So something probably... We had a cover-up going on, didn't right, we? Right, so yeah. it was... Or I think it, it's, it's the, the your silence speaks <laughs> speaks volumes. <laughs> uh, so clearly, this house had some water damage or mold and had been remediated, but then painted uh, okay. over the you know just whitewashed like an old barn would have been. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So down to the studs, everything painted, hundred thirty thousand dollars cash offer, but still even hundred thirty days, um, hundred thirty days in the market, it it did have competing offers. It's it. And I'm sorry, it was $70,000, not one hundred thirty. $70,000 after okay. 130 days on the market. But uh, but sure enough, when it gets to the right price, boom, then sells. everybody yeah. wants it. So, okay. then, so even though it's that, it had multiple offers, which is kind of the theme of 2021. Okay. Multiple, multiple offers. Gotcha. 70K. You can usually buy like land for that now. You can't even get the house <laughs> for 70K. All right. So what about the highest sale of the year? So the, the highest price sale of the year, I don't I don't look in the, into these sales in super detail. I, I, I look for a takeaway. And and I and in revisiting this this highest sale, uh, which closed back in June, I noticed that the sales agent or the buyer's agent was our own Liz Lauer. Oh. So congratulations, Liz, <laughs> on selling the most expensive single family home in Dane in County. The greater Dane County area. In 2021. Oh. So that was uh, $3.2 million. And I likely got glib about it. And at the time, and I said, well, it's 150 acres. It's not too wow. far from Madison on the way to Cottage Grove Road off of Vilas Hope. Okay. Yep. I likely imagined it was going to be the next Viridian development or that someone, oh, sure. someone had plans. Because you don't, you don't pay $3.2 million for 150 acres unless you got plans. Right. Right. So I called Liz to investigate to see if my my instincts uh, were correct. She says, no, they are not. But she also said that if she told me what was going on there, that she would have to kill me. Oh, so something secret? Kind of something secret. Okay. So what fits on 150 acres then? A lot of things fit on 100. So she said, said, if I knew and I shared it here, that they'd find out. Oh, really? So first... Way to go to Liz, <laughs> thinking like that a lot of people listen, right? Because like, uh-huh. like it'll be, word will get out, right, right. But but two that that good things, like the things that are happening there, are good. Oh, okay, all right. And are not and are not like a suburb development. Okay. For you, the listener, you can keep your eyes open for like what is happening out on Frankhauser Road, and then when you when you learn it, you can at least say like I kind of knew that was happening. Like I heard about that. And you heard it here first. Oh, there we go. That'll be our new tagline. I kind of heard it first on real estate in the six hundred eight. I kind of, I got wind of that one. Well, that's a fun and interesting tease. Why don't we take a break here and we'll come back and take a look at the twenty twenty one real estate in the six hundred eight year in review. You're listening. 
listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name's Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. We're doing the 2021 year in review. Uh, ben, right now, I think we're just going to go through the guests that we've had in 2021 to talk about the things that we learned from these folks. And maybe just note something that you found interesting from each of these episodes. What's your, what's your takeaway, Adam? When we go through the list, mm-hmm. we could like add value. Oh, all right. We could like uh, enumerate do you mean like redirect them to go listen to former podcasts and get them give interested them, again to get give, that 10K up to give 20? Give them another reason to go back and check it out. Okay. So now that we're being clear and transparent as to what we want out of this thing, January, uh, where we started off our third year, we had a shamanic practitioner in. Yeah. Talk about, I'm feeling a real good energy between us right now. And that's what Jessica Rippenberg kind of did she right. talked about the energy of the home and like how it needs to be a space that you want to be not in. only that but like how you can adjust that space and its energy with a shamanic cleansing a cleansing right and that's a service that she offered right yeah like she can come to your house and do a cleansing and i think we said the what would be the value of clen- doing a cleansing at the white house at that point in january <laughs> it was we, we were maybe, willing to ship her there i think it's what we pretty high pay her airfare that's right <laughs> endorsed the real estate in the 608 to get that done we moved on to february yeah february was our was our valentine's our love that's episode. right um and a person who you hear frequently on real estate in the 608 asher messino they come in uh every month and and often supply us with the top of the hour tip mm-hmm. and the market update and asher was talking about well love and and we we're talking about the 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 differences or the things that people who identify as lgbtq plus think about or should be thinking about when we're talking about large purchases such right. as homes. There are some legal issues that mm-hmm. um, that someone in the LGBTQ community would want to wrap their head around mm-hmm. as it relates to co-ownership and the way in which they would hold title uh, in the sad event that a relationship would not last or that a person... Um, would pass or there'd be an incident or an accident. So that was actually that and the legal components of it was actually a fantastic segue into March. Right. And that's where we kind of continued this conversation. Yusha is a partner at Pines and Bach mm-hmm. and is my go-to real estate attorney. Okay. Uh, she was someone that I called a couple times when we bought the foreclosures here on, on First Street and on Talmadge. Uh, but just a super great lady who is just like straight shooting and and like, all right. So I'm hearing what I'm reading this statute. What does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I turned I turned to her all the time. And and if you ever had a had a legal question as it relates to real estate, she spoke mostly um, that episode about title and yes. um, and a little bit about wills mm-hmm. and some other important things, but. Uh, Anything real estate related that you need an attorney, you can brush up there, and she is the person to call. That'll take us on to April, uh, where we had an alder for the city of Madison and Marsha Rummel. As I recall, we got a good look at the process of how the city is involved in real estate and how its decisions get made, which are important, you know, when you're talking about creating new development, adjusting old ones. And I think that was one of the key topics is like, is it okay to renovate old homes in existing neighborhoods into something that's different? And also the fact (laughs) that she was on her way out, she was allowed to speak relatively (laughs) freely (laughs) and and give us a little bit of the 
the real Marsha Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes. Silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad. I simply remember my favorite things. And then I don't feel so well, that took us into May, where we spoke to Matt Tucker about a topic which has actually seen action um, this year. We, it was good that we had Matt in on the idea of accessory dwelling units, which might not mean anything but a carriage house or a granny flat. I was going to say granny chalet, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it might not be. A secondary unit that one could live in, whether that's above a garage or on your property. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a way in which some cities are trying to uh, tackle the affordability issue by by increasing density and allowing uh, for uh, these accessory dwelling units to be built uh, behind owner-occupied single-family homes. And the big change that we saw after this and at the city council was that it is no longer a conditional use, but it is a permitted use, Mm -hmm. which means you would not have to have a city meeting and you would not have to have the uh, permission or blessing of your neighbors in order to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So wheels were kind of greased, but in a good way, because this this could benefit all of us when it comes to the amount of housing that's available. I think that the city was very disappointed with the number of accessory dwelling units built, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to remove an additional hurdle. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many more people will build them uh, based on this move alone, but it's in the right direction. Based on our podcast, I'll say at least 10,000. Ten, so that's, that's a key 10, number. 10,000 we... <laughs> people have considered it. <laughs> All right. That moves us. Uh, we got to summer and we started talking to uh, a, a resident friend of yours, Megan Berg. Megan right? Berg, uh, a little bit of an activist, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, producer of WORT radio program, uh, but also a malcontent and someone. And so that you didn't in put a, that on the outline. I, I did not, but in a good on. way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she she speaks to plain truth, and we talked a lot about um, about race and equity as it relates to Madison and real estate. I think we talked about getting uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and right. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that you know sometimes. And, and, and the best place to get uncomfortable is with your friends. Yeah. So we brought Megan in for that one. It's almost like practicing getting uncomfortable. It is a little bit it's, like It's practice. important to do, and, uh, and it's a good uh, exercise. So then we started talking about photos and what we see before we actually go to a house. And there was a key person that really helps you see what a place looks like that you might be interested in looking at. That's right. Christine from Step Inside Media. Everybody always asks, what kind of special camera do they use to take those beautiful real estate listing photos? Yeah. It's not the camera. It's not all the camera. It's not all the camera. It's not all the lens. And it's not the Google car that drives around your neighborhood to get the view. <laughs> it's not it quite the not same thing. It's not specifically <laughs> the Google car that yeah. drives around. Um, but Christine Marks, uh, wh- whom, uh, if you recall, when she was with us... Uh, she was here. She was. She was one of the last people we had. Before that was the, one. Of, that was that break we, like, in summertime. Tri- we tried yeah. it out there in the summer. Um, 
she's had a, just a lovely baby since that. Time. Oh, good for her. Good. And, uh, and saw some saw some lovely pictures of them. Did she? So like this camera that we're talking, it kind of creates like the dollhouse image, so you can like stream through house. Has she done that in a actual dollhouse for her new kiddo? A digital doll. I think the kid's probably going to want a regular dollhouse <laughs> with dolls, not like a digital dollhouse. Right. But yeah, she also talked to us about the Matterport technology. That's it, and yeah. the, and the Google Car like. Images right. that she can capture of an interior space that that really in the pandemic times when you didn't want people in your house extra or you wanted to give buyers an extra tool to to do their discernment that was one that I think has again become the norm. Okay, and we wrapped up our summer talking about whether a used appliance can be just as good as a new one for you. And that's right. We talked with with Josh. Uh, Gavel from Kirch Appliance, and uh, they are are my go-to repairmen, as well as my uh, used appliance purveyors. And I am I'm often one who thinks that that used can be as good as new. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a new thing. It just you needs to work, up, right? You might end up with a, like a higher trim level or like a, a better <laughs> unit than you would if you go, you know if you go to the store for an apartment. Yeah, you're you're gonna get kind of you're gonna get like average to low. You know, medium, mm-hmm, good, mm-hmm. good enough. But if you get something used, you might you might end up with like more than the Camry of stoves. You might end up you might end up with like the Lexus, the of Camry stoves. XL. <laughs> I had a friend. I, you, I had yeah. a friend Ellen who described her stove as the Camry of stoves, <laughs> which is a fine stove. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Well, that takes us into fall of 2021. And what we're doing here is we're reviewing our podcast from the year 21, uh, 2021 to, to, to take just a, a quick look back at them, where we started talking about designers and what a designer can do for you. Right. And the, the design versus architect, I think, mm-hmm. was, was, was not only as it might uh, impact you from a financial perspective, but also just a little bit about process and, mm-hmm. and, and how, how pulling that single part out could put you in a better position as it relates to finding and hiring contractors, mm-hmm. but also uh, doing only what you needed to do uh, right. in advance of of a, of a remodel or or uh, addition, et cetera. Yep, and that designer can essentially create that blueprint, that plan that could be taken to any type of contractor, so there's benefit in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in October, we were talking about health and safety uh, concerns for yeah, folks. Yeah, and something, somebody you might want to meet with before you undertake a remodel mm-hmm. uh, would be Bob Stigsell from uh, Advanced Health and Safety, mm-hmm. or medicineasbestos.com. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, asbestos is a scary thing for people just because we don't know what it is or we don't know where it is and we don't know what it's doing. Uh, but he, I think he really took a down-to-earth uh, approach on that. Uh, Certainly. And and kind of kind of like took the wind out of the sails of, oh my God, this is going to cost me a yeah. million dollars. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the takeaway from him was don't let it be the reason you don't buy a house. Yeah. Great. It's, it's a problem that can be solved. It isn't cheap, but it's not going to necessarily break the bank. You just made this gigantic purchase. Don't let this kind of like medium to small, medium-sized expense, relative expense, be the reason you pass. Mm-hmm. And in November, uh, our guest was Tiffany Malone, where we continued kind of the idea of social justice topics as they relate to real estate uh, in the 608. And we were talking about building black wealth. Right. And this is a program. Uh, Tiffany is a co-founder of the 
uh, Own It program, and uh, and it is made to specifically address the disparities in in black home ownership, and it is run out of the one city schools. And has, for the most part, is a is an education program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the tail end of that education program, it creates a, a little nest egg mm-hmm. uh, to put you $15,000 closer to your homeownership goal. And that can either be the majority of your down payment or it can supplement an already uh, established down payment. It can give you the flexibility you may need to get aggressive mm-hmm. in a market like we are in today. Yep. And although that program serves really anyone, it really is helpful for many people of color who need that um, space to get that home ownership and start building the wealth. And then we're here. And then we've arrived here at the <laughs> at this, in December of 2021 to wrap things up. And um, we'll say that is our. I was gonna. I was gonna interview. add. I said I was gonna. I was gonna tell you a secret. Uh, way back in March. Oh, okay. Are you holding out on me? What's, what happened in March? Uh, Yusha yeah. Robinson, the super helpful attorney from Pines and Bach, our most listened to episode of the year. Oh, is that right? Now, obviously, okay. the older ones have the advantage of being there a little bit longer. Because they've been longer. around longer, yeah. But, uh, but clear winner in Yusha's So episode. people are interested in the legal aspects and things yeah. you need to know when it comes to title as well. That is correct. And our standing top episode, if I'm not, not forgetting right now, it's uh, the one where we talk to the UW professor, history professor, about segregation by design. Yeah, and I use this as a little bit of a metaphor for mm-hmm. like Madison. Number one. Segregation by design, history professor, mm-hmm. you know, university ties. The effects of redlining, of he- all those things, yeah. Some heady, serious stuff. Yep. Number two, for the second year in a row, ice cream wars. Is ice cream wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a status update now that, like, Chocolate Shop and is it Atwood Scoop? The Atwood, Atwood Scoop, Scoop, yeah. They're both, they've been in effect for a year now, I think, since we've talked to them. It's been a solid... It's, well, it's almost been two years. Two years. I mean, they're still there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the Atwood Scoop has been there two years now, yeah. but the but the the chocolate shop, a brick and mortar location, 100 yards to the right, has been open now for a year. <laughs> a year, right. They took and, a little longer uh, to come so, on board. Yeah. So, yeah, we could, we could, I don't think I'd, I don't think I want to do a follow up. All right. It's our, I'm already a little uncomfortable being in between them. <laughs> Social justice and ice cream are the things we we need the most here in Madison. Uh, why don't we take a break and we'll come back, Ben, and we'll talk about um, things we're thankful for from 2021 and maybe make a prediction for the coming year. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. My name's Adam. His name is Ben. Thank you for being here for our wrap-up for 2021. We're kind of doing a year in review show. And and Ben, what are the things that you're thankful for from 2021? Well, I'm thankful for you. And I'm looking at you now. I know. Are you pointing to me? Are you saying me in I'm particular? I'm looking at you. Okay. But then I'm also thankful for you. I'm confused. Did that, do you think like, <laughs> do you think like the way I said that, like if you were hearing that, it'd be like, I'm looking at you, Adam, uh-huh. and I'm thankful for you because so, this, this is fun. Okay, and I love this, <laughs> and I'm looking at you. Okay, but I now think... I'm saying I'm thankful for you because, like the listener, you the listener, the listener, yes. folks who have tuned in. Yes, okay. okay. We'll take those kind. It's good to take compliments <laughs> um, and just say thanks. Yeah, I'm also thankful, and the, and I'm I wrote 
I'm also thankful for Josh Spreider as a metaphor. Oh, yeah. But also for real. <laughs> um, today, uh, Josh Spreider, the News 3 host, mm-hmm. whom we met earlier. In the did year, a story on real estate in the who, 608. Who did a story on, on us because he uses the same in the 608 right. uh, <laughs> hashtag. Um, he closed on a condo today. Oh, good for him. So we met earlier in the year. He said, you know what? I, I, I'd like you. you, you we, <laughs> we could do this. We would work well together. And, uh, and, and today he closed. Oh, so I, that's great. So, so the metaphor part there is that, is that this podcast and, and is a way for people to get to know me and understand a little bit how things work. And that, that means there's like so much better a chance that by the time we'd sit and talk about buying a home um, that you'd like, Say, oh, I probably like we've already probably gotten closer to the we'll get along, which yeah. is so important, <laughs> and which makes my job can be, my job can be fun, or it can be like work, yeah, and and that makes it fun, and that's what I and maybe that's what I'm thankful for is I found a job that can be fun. Oh, that's great. Um, I also put in the uh, I won't say platitudes, but you know, like I'm my health and the health of mm-hmm. those I love. I'm thankful for my girls uh, who who challenge me, but also let me challenge them. That's great. Those are great things. I mean, they say that you are actually happier when you show gratitude for things. And I think that's the intention of what we're doing right now. I am absolutely thankful for the, the my family, for one, uh, the people in my life. Ben, I'm thankful for you in this podcast. I was just having a conversation uh, off the podcast with some other friends, um, one of them who's helping you out. And you're like, you know what? Um, I'm glad you're working with Ben because the thing I like about Ben the most, you know, I like doing the podcast because it's fun and it puts me back in the radio seat to do these things. But I like doing it because I get to work with you, Ben, and I feel you have an open mind to ideas, and I think that you are willing to think deeper about things um, on lots of topics. Yeah, we talked about getting uncomfortable and with with whom you should do that, and and you are my get uncomfortable with friends sometimes. (laughs) More on that later. Yes, I'll put the badge (laughs) on my Boy Scout uniform, (laughs) get uncomfortable friends. (laughs) Uh, so that I do appreciate, and I'm thankful for you. I am very thankful for vaccines and science. Um, now that I'm feeling a little more comfortable, that I'm protected from this pandemic thing that is going on out there. And I'm also very thankful that I continue to have a desire to keep learning about things because I know I don't know everything. If anything, I know very little, <laughs> and I need to continue learning things. And I think this podcast helps me do that. I, I say to Lola all the time, Lola, you don't know what you don't know. Does. And what does she? What does the teenager say back to you? <laughs> I don't know that she quite gets what I'm saying, which only makes me more frustrated. Okay, that was part of the her challenging me. Uh huh. Okay, my challenging her is a little different. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. What do you think is going to happen in 2022? It can be about real estate. It can be about anything. 20,000 listens. 20,000 listens? Should we do it? I think it's possible. The the trajectory, Mm -hmm. the positive growth trajectory (laughs) would suggest (laughs) that real estate in the 608 could have 20,000 listens in the year 2022. There's probably some conditions, like we need to keep creating content to make good content as well. (laughs) So he just said he liked doing the podcast, so I'm assuming (laughs) we're doing it in another year. Check back in January. Right. (laughs) Um, 
But no, so that, that's pretty sure one. Everybody would love for me to say what's going to happen to prices, right. what's going to happen. Um, I think some things will change. Things will likely change. Interest rates will likely go up. Um, segments of the market will see less demand or more demand. But any any opportunity for a segment to see less demand will simply mean that someone else, someone different will fill it. Mm-hmm. You know, like de- there are so many people that want houses Yeah, that that if they get a little bit more expensive then just different people will be buying different houses. If the prices come down a little bit, well, then then everyone who was still looking for a house, and Madison is not generally a fickle interest rate market. Uh-huh. Like, it's just people who want houses, period. They need a place to live. They, they, yeah, they, right. pay, they pay what the interest rate is. Um, they will look at slightly different houses, mm-hmm. and then other buyers will fall in above or below where those buyers vacated or you know where they moved from. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different. I have to believe that there's going to that something's going to pump the brakes a little bit, but okay. that's okay because there's so because we need that. We need someone to pump the brakes so that any so that people with only ten percent down can buy a house, or people that have have been struggling to win in these competitive bidding situations, yeah. you know, or where or where a, where a seller might like not be a cocky jackass. And just think they can throw their house up on the market. Like people will will have to be better, mm-hmm. and I and that's not wrong. For my prediction for twenty twenty two, you know what? I I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future, but I do have I do have hope for things. And really, my hope is that we're just going to be more kind to each other and a little more considerate. And I can only add that like these things get done if we want to make them happen. And we are the people who make change happen. So that's my prediction. If you want things to be better, make them better and be nicer to people. Let's do that. I think with that, we'll start wrapping things up. The newsletter is a place that you can still find more information about real estate in the 608. Yes, each month you can get a, uh, a market update, a from-the-hip market update, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some common seasonal homeownership tips, as well as a little recap of what happened here on the podcast, delivered on the 22nd and written in easy-to-digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read uh, the 22nd, 22nd read. Okay. You may sign up for it at In the 608 on Facebook. Excellent. Um, I think I speak for both of us when we say, again, we are very thankful for you, the listener who has tuned in uh, to us all this time. It really motivates us. It makes us want to continue to do this work. And if you like it, thank you. Yeah, or even if you don't, but you listen anyway. (laughs) Thank you. I can't imagine... All of those 10,000 listens were, like, joyful. I bet you somebody had to, like, muscle through a <laughs> there few There was some hate listening going on there. <laughs> like, I really hate these guys. I'm just going to keep going, though. Some of it <laughs> was just, like, spite. some of it was those other shorter-running, not-quite-as-good real estate podcast people checking in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we want to thank our musicians and bands that you've heard this whole time. They are local artists that are, uh, if they're not already performing, um, they do want to get back on stage and, and you can, and we appreciate you listening to them as well. And that we, yeah. And I think we've got, uh, we also said goodbye to Bob Westfall this year. That's right. And, um, not only one of my faves, um, and some of the little, hooks and music that uh, that Adam drops in between us, but we've got some Christmas music from him, and maybe we'll close on that. I think that's a great idea. 
All right. Well, thank you again for listening, and thank you, Adam, for for listening <laughs> to me when I ask to do these things. You're right. That was that was an important place to listen, right? Otherwise, who knows what would happen. Uh, we wish you the well in 2022. Hard to say that right now. because. And we wish you a Merry Christmas and all of the other holidays that aren't Christmas, too. Very nice. Thank you, man. Yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light from now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make your Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be far away. Here we are as in olden days. Happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow hang a shining star upon the highest bough and have yourself a Merry little Christmas Have yourself a Merry little Christmas now Have yourself a Merry little Christmas Drops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells, schnitzel with noodles. Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings These are a few of my favorite things satin sashes snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes silver white winters that melt into spring these are a few of my favorite things when the dog bites when the bee stings when i'm feeling sad i simply remember my favorite things and then i don't feel so 